This podcast episode is brought to you by Coors Light. These days, everything is go, go, go. It's nonstop hustle all the time. Work, friends, family expect you to be on 24-7. Well, sometimes you just need to reach for a Coors Light because it's made to chill. Coors Light is cold lagered, cold filtered, and cold packaged. It's as crisp and refreshing as the Colorado Rockies. It is literally made to chill. Coors Light is the one I choose when I need to unwind. So when you want to hit reset, reach for the beer that's made to chill. Get Coors Light in the new look delivered straight to your door with Drizzly or Instacart. Celebrate responsibly. Coors Brewing Company, Golden, Colorado. Today's episode of the Chase Thomas Podcast could be sponsored by you, yes you, the listener, through the podcast Patreon page that you can find by clicking the link in this episode's description. However, if supporting the podcast financially is not a possibility, that's totally fine too, especially if you are an Apple Podcast or iTunes listener, because you can leave the show a rating and a review. It's important with the way iTunes works, helps other people find the show and helps the show continue to grow. So please leave a rating and review. Um, there's another option by Stitcher, which also allows you to do that. And uh, don't forget, there are other ways of listening to the show if you're not an Apple Podcast or iTunes listener by heading on over to Google Play. Uh, like I said, Stitcher, Spotify, TuneIn Radio, SoundCloud, and wherever else you get your podcast, the Chase Thomas Podcast will be there. And lastly, I highly encourage you to check out my website at chasethomaspodcast.com to read me at Medium uh, and to follow me on Twitter at Chase underscore Thomas and to go to the Facebook page at facebook.com slash Chase Thomas Writer. Hopefully you're still with me because this is the end of me rambling. All right, let's go. Chase Thomas podcast. The Chase Thomas podcast. Um, my nephew needs me to record. See, I hate. I already hate it. I hate it. All right, Monday night edition of the Chase Thomas podcast, and I am joined by the great NBA writer Sean Hyken. Sean, good evening, man. While we're recording, we were just talking about it. Something else is probably going to break because the NBA is kicking into gear with trade season, and we got our first Woj bomb prior to the deadline and it's not the guy we or guys that we thought it was going to be we've heard lose stuff for weeks dj being the odd man out kevin love and isaiah thomas drama but no it's blake griffin getting moved to the detroit pistons and just a stunner i i still can't really believe that blake griffin is a detroit piston right now I said this on Twitter earlier, but I I think the last time I can remember a trade like involving a big star like this that came this far just out of nowhere is when Darren Williams got traded from Utah to New Jersey back in 2011 because you remember it was like a day after or or two days after uh, the Carmelo trade to the Knicks and you know that's all anybody was focusing on and like the Nets were kind of in the mix in that and like they met with him but everybody knew he only wanted to go to New York and then two days later like the morning of the deadline uh you know he gets traded to the to the Nets and other teams like didn't even know he was available so this is kind of like that because like you said, you know, we've we've heard, okay, Lou Williams, they're shopping. DeAndre Jordan is going to be a free agent this summer, so they're kind of looking in and seeing what they can get for him. They might keep him. They might not. You know, maybe there were, like, rumblings that Blake might be available, but he just signed this big contract, and it's like, you know, the, you know, the, yeah, the Woj tweet comes out, and it's like, okay, he's so Blake Griffin is getting traded. And then it's like Detroit? Like, like you didn't even, they're not even, like, one of the teams you think of as, like, 
a team that's going to take a huge swing like that. Like you hear about, okay, the Bucks are, you know, looking into DeAndre Jordan. There are teams that are looking into Lou Williams, like the Thunder or, you know, the Cavs or whoever that really need to make a big splash. The Detroit is just kind of one of those teams you never really hear getting involved in these trades for these huge names, like these big, these all-star type of guys before. And so this is just kind of weird. Like it's just out of nowhere. Yeah. And with the Darren stuff, he was still unhappy and there were still the rumblings of the disconnect between like him and Jerry Sloan. Oh, right. Cause Jerry and, Sloan had stepped down to like a couple, a couple weeks before that. Yeah. And it was just one of those things where we knew he like Darren was getting moved somewhere. It was just, it turned out he was going to be the consolation prize for the New Jersey nets because they couldn't get mellow. And Griffin though, he just signed this whole five year deal and it's just a gigantic contract. And Ramona Shelburne tweeted this, this afternoon of like that was like the one deal that she thought was just like untradeable and like even more so than gallo's deal and you know i thought so i thought so at the time that 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 contract happened the thing that just immediately jumped to mind when they when i heard that the clippers were going to give blake the full five-year max i just thought about you know the deal that amari stoudemire signed with the knicks in 2010 where he had one really good year and then his body just completely fell apart obviously when he's healthy blake is worth that kind of money but just, you know, the way that guys like him have tended to age over the years, it's just like by the end of that contract, he's going to be like 32 or 33 in 2021 when that contract is up. And uh, or I think it's 2022, actually, that, yeah, and, it, he's, and he's owed almost 40 million dollars. That's that's not going to age well. So I think my first impression of this trade is I think the Clippers did a good job getting out from under it. Like whatever the optics are of like the, you know, they signed Blake to this deal and they roll out this whole red carpet thing for him saying he's going to be a Clipper for life. And then five months later they go around, they go out and can we talk about the choir? That's like a little portion of that tweet describing what that was. And Lee Jenkins tweeted this out about like their pitch for Blake when he was a free agent this summer. They, there was a choir. What were they singing to Blake? Probably the Kia Optima uh, jingle, whatever oh, that God. is. Like that. Like I don't it, know. I just want to know what they were like. What the choir was actually singing, and if that actually made a difference to uh, whether or not Blake Griffin was going to take more money to stay with the Clippers. But also, it was one of those tweets where I was like, maybe it was loyalty by lost. Kendrick and Rihanna. <sighs> that would be a step up, but like, it's just sports is weird. It's getting weirder. Why are we doing this? Why is everything so serious and like over the top and like these free agent pitches, man? Like, what are they going to look like five years from now? It's, well, do you remember? And like, and like, I almost want to hear see like a like a, a a thirty for thirty or an oral history on this or something. But do you remember? And this just came to mind because I just started rewatching The Sopranos for the first time in like five years. <laughs> but like, uh, do you remember when LeBron was a free agent in 2010 and all the different teams were, you know, recruiting him? And the Knicks got James Gandolfini and Edie Falco to like do a little video with of Tony and Carmelo Soprano, like trying to recruit LeBron to the Knicks because he, Le- LeBron is a huge fan. It's just, like, like, like it's 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 so weird. Like, like these teams just come up with all this just extra stuff. And if I was one of these guys, you know, if, if you're a big star like Blake Griffin, who's been in commercials and, and, you know, been an all-star and, and done all this stuff already, 
like he's gonna get his money anywhere. Like he did, like he wants. I, if I were him, I would want to know. Okay, is this a good basketball situation for me? Now that extra guaranteed year that the Clippers gave him uh, probably didn't hurt things that that they could give him because they had his bird rights. But like, I I, I agree with you. I think I think it's really interesting. Like look, looking at what some of these big free agent pitches are. Remember remember Isaiah Thomas uh, when he was gonna sign with Phoenix, and like like the like the uh, the Kings had been lowballing him on his on their offer and they go to they go he goes to uh phoenix they take him to their arena and they have like his stuff all up on the uh like on the jumbotron and like yeah. he was like that this is the first time i felt wanted like i don't know that ego stuff kind of plays into well, it that I, feels like forever ago for him now well remember <laughs> actually wanted i just remember the best one which was uh when houston was trying to recruit carmelo anthony i was gonna say in the jeremy lynn stuff, right 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 because yeah, yeah. like they put they, they had they put up like a big banner of mellow with uh numbers number seven and jeremy lynn was like guys i'm still on the team and then he was traded to the lakers yeah. two weeks later you know it's neither here nor there poor jeremy lynn he could never escape mellow but uh yeah, it's just it's getting weirder, and I just think we're gonna start reading more and more years down the line of like these more insane free agent pitches because it's just I don't think we're going less over the top. I think these owners and front offices and teams are just gonna get more and more insane. But just the tidbits that come out about this of how teams pitch these guys is pretty remarkable. But you know, we were talking about the basketball situation and going from <sighs> Blake is such a huge change in style of play for the Pistons now because Tobias Harris has played exclusively at the four for them and they're a top five three-point shooting team and a lot of that has to do with because they're just playing the four at basketball that Stan was doing with Richard Lewis in Orlando Blake isn't going to do that I mean he's shooting really like the best he's ever shot from three in his career at 34 percent which is still slightly below league average but you know he's still having a good year when he's on the floor. Like he's averaging 23, eight and five, like, and it's a 30% usage. So he's still getting a bunch of possessions, but just going from Tobias to Blake mid season, I don't see that going well. And this team is 22 and 26. They're not even a playoff team as of right now. And, like they need Blake to play a lot of minutes and at the very least, you know, Tobias Harris was going to be on the floor for you for the majority of this playoff run. And now with Reggie Jackson out and, they're just they're going for it. And I don't understand why, because even if things go right and Blake stays on the floor and Reggie Jackson comes back, like this is still a bottom four seed in the East, and they're getting ousted in the first round no matter what. So why you I just I don't understand. This is like a desperation move. And giving up a first round pick, I I, I don't think we've seen the protections on this yet, but No, the protections just, are actually out. It's top four protected. Oh, it's top four. That's that's terrible. which basically means the like they're four? not gonna, they're not gonna get into the top four of the lottery so that doesn't really you know it might as well it's, it's gonna be like the if they it's miss the playoffs the it's gonna year. be like the it's gonna be like the 13th or 14th pick or whatever maybe but like if blake misses the rest of the season like if blake gets something else i mean he's had a concussion already he's blake as much as i love him is always prone to freak injuries that keep him out an extended amount of time and Reggie Jackson's still not healthy. They're still, they don't have Avery Bradley, which actually might be a step up, but they, I feel like they still have another move or two to make. And I just, I'm not even certain this is still a playoff team, even with Blake. And that maybe is what hurts me the most is Blake is now sent away from LA and the comedy clubs. Is there a laugh factor in Detroit? Do we know that or not? I don't know. <laughs> I, I, don't know. I, have to, I don't, I don't really know sure. the Detroit stand up comedy scene. Uh, what the thing, the thing that's, uh, interesting about this to me and i and i've just been thinking about this in the hour or two since this trade broke 
this is kind of what happens when your GM is also your coach, because if you're, you know, you're, you're going to see, you know, the Stan Van Gundy, the coach, like he wants to make the playoffs because he's competitive and he's, you know, coaching these guys every day. He isn't really going to be thinking long-term. That's kind of the, some of the problems that you saw when Doc Rivers had personnel control with the Clippers, you know, Stan Van Gundy, like he's going to want to take a swing. He wants to get a guy like Blake Griffin, who's going to maybe help them make a playoff run because he thinks, you know, okay, they made, they, you know, they made the playoffs two years ago, uh, when they lost to Cleveland in the first round and then they didn't make it last year. And now they're kind of on the outside looking in right now, you get a guy like Blake Griffin, you're at least taking a swing and Stan Van Gundy's like, okay, it's, you know, what, what is this future first round pick going to do for me right now when I'm trying to make the playoffs? That's just kind of his mindset. Uh, I kind of feel like this is a swing for both teams because like they're both kind of in the exact same position right now. They're both on the outside looking in. They're both in the ninth seed in their respective conferences. You know, the Clippers maybe have a little bit more of an opportunity to, actually make the playoffs because you'd have to think New Orleans is probably going to fall off after the DeMarcus Cousins injury. They're uh, in sixth right now, but you know, they're going to, it's going to be hard for them to keep that up with that much pressure on Anthony Davis to do everything every night. But like, but they, a playoff team. they might be though, but like, you know, I, I, I actually like in the short term, I actually like what, uh, what the Clippers got back because, oh, the you Clippers know, I won this deal. Like, I, Tobi- I would, like Tobias would, Harris, cool like yeah. Tobias Harris is good. Like he'll be able to come in and play and you know, play the four, for them, you know, he's obviously not quite as good as Blake Griffin is when he's healthy, but he'll be able to slide in if they hang on to DeAndre Jordan. That's going to be the big thing for them is if they hang on to DeAndre Jordan or Lou Williams before the deadline. And I don't I, I honestly don't know what the you know, what they're going to do there. It seems like they're not getting the kind of offers for DeAndre that uh, they had been getting. And if anything, trading Blake Griffin might even lessen their leverage because other teams are now going to be like, oh, you're trying to blow it up. You're not. You don't want to hang on to him and compete. Like you know, the, you know maybe we're not going to give up that first round pick for DeAndre Jordan now or, or for Lou Williams. Like there's 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 there's, there's so many layers to this. Now the going back to the Detroit thing for a second. Like I'm with you. I th- I mean I th- I think it's I think it's not going to be as much of a log jam with you know with Andre Drummond as people think because you know Blake does take some well, it's shots not from a log jam, but it's just he's such a different player than Tobias and Tobias Harris was a very productive solid player for them and Blake is just very different like I just feel like from a basketball chemistry standpoint learning to play with Tobias for a full year and then flipping to someone like Blake is just something that's going to take a lot of time because they're so different and I just I don't like the fit I'm still not there. They're going to kill teams on the glass, I guess, but and they'll have some cool highlights. I just, I don't like it as much. I really don't. Because one of the only bright spots on this Detroit team really right now is how well they're shooting from three. And Blake doesn't help that. Blake lessens that. Maybe that's part of the problem. They're like, well, we've lost eight straight. Maybe we just add another star because Avery Bradley really did not work out for them. But I'm more upset that we're not going to get Avery Bradley and Patrick Beverly in the backcourt together this year because those two, they just, I just can't wait to see them together. I hope Avery Bradley is still a Clipper next year and Pat Bev gets healthy because those two in the backcourt together, I think would be so much fun to watch and them just drive opposing guards insane uh, all the time. I'm here for that. Well, it's going to be sort of like what Marcus Smart and Avery Bradley did last year in Boston. Yeah. I don't know. I just, do you really like the fit? Do you really think that this really jumpstarts the Pistons playoff run? Because I guess the one bright spot would be like, and I'm sorry, Raptors fans, but if it goes, the Raptors are a one seed and the Pistons are an eight seed and that Pistons have Blake Drummond and Reggie Jackson's healthy by this point, I would be very nervous if I was a Raptors fan. I will say that. 
see, I just I don't know that this necessarily makes them better, but I think it's just a matter of uh, sometimes you just feel like, okay, what we have right now, like this is kind of maxed out what this is. This is you know, the, the ceiling is just kind of where it is. And so we're going to just try something different and take a swing and see if it works out. That that I think that's probably kind of what the approach was there. I'm just annoyed that Blake is now a piston because if he was on the table, I just I wanted him in Miami or Washington. Like that's where I would rather him. Oh, right Washington now. would be awesome. Yeah, I mean Washington needs something. They're four and six in their last ten, and you put him with Beal and like you, I th- like I think if you had put in Ubre, Keefe, and Washington's first round pick, and I don't know. Tito or Sodoransky or whatever. I, I think that's not significantly less of a pitch than what Detroit offered. And then the Miami Heat just still have a bunch of nice pieces. And if they want, right, they throw, could like take a flyer on Justice Winslow or something. Like, yeah. They, and I think, and they, Blake would have, like, I would have loved him in Miami. And I think just what Spo would have done with him. And even if you wanted to keep Whiteside, I think him and Whiteside actually might be okay together. And him and Dragic, I think, would work really well with one another. And, that would have been cool to see too. I just I don't want to see Blake Griffin on the Pistons. I'm really upset, and I'm probably pissing off a lot of Pistons fans. But this is just not. If Blake was going to get moved, this is not the location that I wanted Blake moved. And this was another thing with like the Clippers offseason where they gave Blake this five year extension. It was a pretty divisive, controversial decision on their part to lock him up when Chris Paul is gone. And it's just like, what? what's your upward trajectory when you lock in Blake Griffin and TJ when that's really your core? And then, I mean, Lou's been a borderline all-star this year, so that's been a nice surprise. But at the same time, like, what is the real upside here of keeping Blake around? And my counter to that has been... I, I just I don't want every team to blow it up. And when you have someone like Blake Griffin, who I still think is just a really awesome player when he's healthy, I'm okay, especially when you're a big market like that, of going like the Houston route where they had their one star. And then if Blake stays healthy and Blake's awesome and plays it like a top five NBA player, like one or two seasons, and you're in the LA market, you never know who you're going to track. So I would have rather like it's okay to lock Blake up and then clear out the rest of your contracts and really manage your cap so that you still have Blake and you may not get the lottery picks, but you never know what free agents are coming because the LeBron to LA, the Clipper stuff is already starting because they're clearing out all this space. Like what if that's their end game here is they're going to trade DJ and trade Blake and trade Lou and have all these different picks and have all this open cap space now that makes it more enticing for LeBron to pick the Clippers this summer. Like I just, I think the LA market is always going to be attractive to NBA free agents. And, you know, I, I understood why they locked Blake in and then to just change their mind six months later, is just kind of baffling to me. But I also understand from a long-term strategy that this was a good deal. And I think there's a chance that this is a lottery pick from the Pistons this year. And I don't know. I think getting off that contract, if you are going to go through a full rebuild and you are going to trade, Lou, whose value's never been higher, so I would move him too, move DJ. Suddenly you have just a plethora of assets that you did not have a year ago when Doc was running things. So I can understand both sides, but yeah, that's where I'm at with this team. Well, if you're if you're trying to clear space for LeBron, I almost feel like you hold on to or you try to keep DeAndre and try to re-sign him because you know if your books are gonna be relatively clean next summer now now that you uh you know, you traded Blake, so you got that money off the books. How would we feel about the basketball implications? That Gallo contract is still not great, but that's just kind of there. But, you know, I feel like you, I feel like the move now, if you're the Clippers, is to try to sell LeBron on, okay, we can get you, 
and get Paul George and we'll resign DeAndre and that's going to be our our team. Like that, I think I think if you're the Clippers, that's the approach that you take now. And that's not bad. And I don't. I it, it is not bad. I think in a vacuum, that team is really interesting from a basketball standpoint. I don't know if LeBron is going to look at the Clippers organization and say, you know, this is, you know, a- after seeing what a mess, you know, the Cavs were. And obviously the Clippers aren't the same organization that they were when Donald Sterling was the owner. But they're still not, you know, one of the premier organizations, you know, the way that, you know, some other ones that have been thrown in as, you know, possibilities like Houston or San Antonio or the Lakers might be like they're still they're still the Clippers. And I, I don't know if LeBron is going to be willing to. To, you know, overlook that, but but at the same time, you know, from a basketball standpoint, you know, if he wants to go to L.A., like, I, you know, if if he decides the Lakers are just kind of not there yet, but at the same time, like, if you're going to L.A., I would pick the Lakers because at least they have these young pieces that you can look at and say, okay, they have, you know, you know, they have Lonzo, they have Kuzma, they have Nance, they have these these guys that you know we can maybe build around. I just, I, I feel like doing, like, obviously you want to put yourself in a position where you can try to go after LeBron if he becomes available, but it's such a gamble because nobody knows what LeBron is going to do. Yeah, and we still have no idea. Do you think LeBron knows, because I've had this conversation with a lot of different people and getting that unique perspective, but I've always operated under the assumption that LeBron knows exactly where he's going this summer. I think he does, but he also, like, he... He keeps it tight, like the the Miami oh, thing. We yeah. like we found out about like a, a day before he actually did it. This, you know, the same thing with like the Cleveland one. I think you know a couple of like people had said like, oh, this person who like is a cupcake decorator like got an order for like LeBron's welcome home party. Like that was the only indication that we got. But like when the Lee Jenkins letter came out, like I, I at the time I certainly still thought he was going to go back to Miami. <laughs> I did not think that he was going to be you know going back to Cleveland and making nice with Dan Gilbert. And that, that, that's why I always get a laugh whenever I see like, you know, he tweets that, you know, he tweets happy birthday to Greg Popovich yesterday. That means he's going to San Antonio or he whispered something to Lonzo Ball after they played the Lakers. That means he's going to like, yeah, because he's going to tell this rookie that he's barely ever met what he's going to do when he notoriously just keeps everything tight. I have no idea what he's going to do, obviously, but I don't think anybody else does either. I think LeBron probably has some idea, but I don't I think anybody who's trying to read the tea leaves is just kind of guessing. I would agree that from our perspective, we have no idea. But I do think LeBron is just someone who's always looking ahead and has a long-term plan and has had a plan for a while. So I would, I would assume, like, I think he's probably subject to change if things happen and go a different way. But I think as of right now, if I had to really bet a lot on where LeBron's head is at, I would say that he knows exactly where he's going next summer. Yeah, I think so too. And I think Houston is probably the team that I would guess makes the most sense if he decides to leave Cleveland but again that could change he could you know decide he wants to play for pop he could actually decide to do the Lakers thing I'm personally like I, I realize like this has been like a thing that's like NBA Twitter has thrown out I'm not at all a fan of the idea of him going to the Sixers like I realize that's kind of an unpopular take because that's no I don't like the thing together well it's not even just the basketball fit I just like LeBron as amazing as he is and he, you know he's one of the three greatest players of all time or whatever however you want to rank it but uh, he sucks up so much oxygen wherever he is. I kind of just want to see the Sixers or the Bucks or some of these young teams just kind of grow into their own thing. I don't like this idea that every time there's like a young up and coming team, it's, oh, LeBron should go there and just completely remake, you know, with everything that comes with it. Obviously, LeBron is worth doing all that because he's LeBron. But like, 
when it's like when it's a young team with like Simmons and Embiid, it's like I, I kind of just want to see that grow organically and not try to shortcut it by you know bringing LeBron there with the you know, the circus that that entails. Yeah, I don't know. I I still think LeBron. For me, if I was LeBron, I would still stay in Cleveland and just remake the whole team. Is what I would do. I would just be like, all right, I'm not like it's just the path is always going to be easiest in the east i don't know why you'd want to get i think it'd be worse for the nba too if he goes west well right because the east is going to be totally irrelevant unless the celtics like i don't even know what the celtics the celtics like trade for anthony davis that's like the only thing that would make that would make the east relevant at all to casual fans i kind of agree with you there but i I have no idea what lebron's gonna do yeah it what a weird situation, you know, like we've had this kind of in the Western Conference Finals before, but like if we get LeBron versus Curry in the Western Conference Finals where he's on the Rockets and then to have to go from like a classic seven game series to just Kyrie Irving and Gordon Hayward in the finals, is just, it's, it's a weird look on the NBA and it's going to like, I can already see the think pieces coming out of ending the Western Conference and Eastern Conferences and doing a straight one through 16. Like that, that might, might be, be what does it. End. Honestly, if LeBron leaves the East, that might actually be what does it. Yeah. I think that's something that's definitely uh, a strong possibility. A couple of other things though, that I was thinking about with this Clipper stuff is like, and I touched on this as like, does this kind of, expedite the process for a team like Washington who has just kind of underperformed so far they're middle of the road defensively they're middle of the road offensively John Wall is still kind of moody I guess is the best way to describe him this year and Bradley Beal's an all-star and he's been awesome but you can tell they just need something and Marcin Gortat has been quietly below average and someone that that's finally expendable because he was really good with John Wall early on last year and that five-man unit of him Keith, uh auto porter beal and wall was so good um especially come playoff time but now i think it's time to kind of make that adjustment and Ubre and porter are great uh together but it's just they got to do something and i it, like we already talked about like blake would have been so good there but i wonder if this pushes them to like call about lou and dj and i or does Toronto now go, okay, now we need to jump into the fray here. Cause Toronto, I think has like just from top to bottom, the best amount of assets that I think would appeal to a lot of teams that are trying to move a disgruntled starts. Why I want them to make the move for Marcus all so bad <laughs> because they just, they fit so well there. They have the contracts, they have the young pieces, they have the picks, like they nailed the OG and Anubi pick. He's been great for them. And they just, they have like fourteen solid Jakob Turtle, Siakam, yeah. like all these, all these, all these just dudes that they drafted in the late first round or the second round. Norm Powell. And you can't keep them all. You have to cash in at some point. I think if you're Masai Ujiri, and I want to see them cash in this year because they're close. And D- Wayne Casey already said that he wants to get the one seed. Just go for it. Yeah, I think I honestly think DeAndre is a good. Uh, I think DeAndre makes a lot of sense for Washington if they, you know, if they want to package like Gortat as salary filler and then you know. Maybe Ubre, like if they're willing to part with Ubre, or or or, or something like that. There's, I feel like there's something they can put together to get uh, DeAndre there, and that that'd be an upgrade over what Gortat has given them. <laughs> like I think that I think that's something that would be worth exploring. I'm not sure. the thing with Toronto making a move for one of those types of guys is you have to find someone to take the Jonas Valanciunas money to make it work, and yeah. maybe if you attach like Siakam or Pirtle or Powell or one of these young guys, that might be enough to get the Clippers to take. The because what does what does Valanciunas have two more years left on his deal after this one, is or two or three? three? I think I feel like it might be three. I'm gonna look this up. 
because because you know that that's the kind of thing if you can get a couple of those young pieces back and i think toronto has all their pick right now so they you know they they might be able to put something together uh he's got three years left oh god that is such a bad deal hey his per is 21.5 this year (laughs) yeah i know but he's he's such a like he doesn't fit in like like he he's so expendable for them i feel like I, I think, you know, they need to get an, a, an upgraded center. Like, I, I actually think that's interesting. Like, that that's a team I hadn't really thought about as a DeAndre destination because you kind of hear about the Bucks as the team that has been the most interested in him and a couple of other ones. But the Bucks need yeah, to be I mean, out on everybody. I would be moving. Like, the Bucks need to go in a different direction. With After firing their coach mid-year, I am I'm hitting the reset button. I, I would not want to acquire anybody else uh, until they get a new coach to see what like just seeing what they're going to look like next year. We have no idea what this team's going to look like a year from now. If I were the Bu- if I were the Bucks, I would see what I could get for Jamari Parker. Because yeah, like I know his I know his I know his value he fits with Giannis. Right, I, and, and I know I know his value's kind of low right now because he's coming off two ACL tears, but like you know, I feel like he still has enough talent and he looked really good before the injury last year. I feel like that you know, there's still enough there that some team might be able to, you know, talk themselves into taking a flyer on him and they might be able to get back like a pick or a young player or something as, as like a flyer for like, I don't know, Phoenix or something. But like they or, or a team that a team that's kind of in, in a position to just, you know, take a flyer on a guy and see if they can rehabilitate him. Uh that I think I think that would be kind of interesting. <laughs> like, Sorry for Rodney Hood. Sure, why not? Like you know, the 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 Jazz need a scorer, and if they think he's going to be back soon, like that, you know that 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 could be worth a look for them. And I you know J- uh, I think you know there, obviously there are other reasons that J- uh, Jabari would fit well in Utah also, but you know that that would be interesting. Oh, I, the Mormon thing. That's right. Yeah, um, yeah. No, he'd be he'd be he'd be instantly he might overtake Donovan Mitchell in popularity there, which I didn't realize was possible, but <laughs> like. But I think that works. Like if you run out of a five man yeah. unit to close games of Ingles, uh, just um, Mitchell and Burks and Gobert and Jabari, it's not bad. Yeah, I think. I mean, I think that makes sense. And then on the other side, you know, Rodney Hood, you know, you put him next to uh, Giannis and Middleton. That's kind of interesting. You know, maybe a change of yeah. scenery would be good for him. I like those two on the edge. They just need more shooting. And I like the idea of getting more shooting around Bledsoe and Giannis. And I think Rodney Hood and Chris Middleton on the wings, uh, I think it would work. I think something like that would make a lot of sense. Yeah, there you go. We just came up. I'm not a huge fan of just like coming up with fake trades and making that like a whole podcast. But hey, look, we actually came up with one that I feel like makes sense. Yes. Well, that's what uh, that's what we do. That's why they pay us the big uh, basketball blogging bucks, Sean. Um, Is there anything else? we missed that you want to touch on with the Pistons Clipper stuff. I want to know how Blake's Kia endorsement is going to go over in Detroit. Mm. It's a good question. Like that's just that, that that's a thing. That's something to me. Like, you know, it's, you know, that that's what that city is known for. And he's a prominent endorser. And I realize that Kia is, you know, the league's automotive partner, but like, him, you know, being a prominent endorser of a Korean car company in Detroit, like that, I don't know how that's going to go over with the locals. Uh, should I be tweeting at Daryl Ravel to ask about this, or is that going to be something you can do for me? Because I don't really want to tweet at him, but I'm sure he has an answer to this. I mean, you can do that if you want. Like, <laughs> that's you, you. Everybody has their own way of uh, controlling their Twitter accounts. If that's something you want to do, I'm certainly not going to stop you. But. Uh, 
that's going to be interesting to see how that just kind of on a, on a more, you know, secondary level. Cause obviously I think we talked about the basketball fit a little bit, but uh, you know, that, that that's going to be the endorsement stuff. Well, right. That, that that's going to be interesting to see. Like that's, it's going to be a test case because, you know, on the one hand, you know, because of league pass and because of social media, these guys are more visible than ever, no matter what market they're in. But there also is such a huge difference in visibility between L.A. and Detroit and the Clippers. I looked this up earlier when the trade happened. I think they have eight more national TV games the rest of the year. I don't even think Detroit has one coming up. So, like, you know, there's just, it's going to be interesting to see how a guy like Blake, who clearly, you know, he's an L.A. guy or he's made himself into an L.A. guy, even though he's from Oklahoma. He loves the spotlight. He loves doing the movies. He loves doing the commercials. He loves doing all that stuff. It's going to be interesting to see how he adjusts on an off-court level to being in a market like Detroit that's never on national TV. It's a much smaller market, a lot less visibility. You know, that's going to be interesting to look at. Is he still dating Kindle? I don't know. I, I, I don't. I, I never know which of these guys are dating any of those. I'm worried uh, how this is going to affect the Kindle Jenner. To be honest, that's my biggest secondary concern is how this affects the Kindle Blake relationship and his stand up career, which was blossoming in Los Angeles. So I'll let Blake. you worry about Kendall Jenner. Okay, that's fair. So the other thing, though, is what the other, we. I guess we hadn't really thought about this, but the last thing on this that you like you got me thinking about this with the secondary stuff is attendance in Detroit and they just opened a new arena and they're 25th in the league in attendance. Yeah. I mean, Blake is certainly going to Blake's a name. He's a name. He's a guy that, you know, casual fans have seen in car commercials. He's a guy that, you know, won the dunk contest a number of years ago by jumping over a car. He's a guy that people know who he is. And I feel like the last time, when is the last time Detroit, like the Pistons had a guy like that? Because even the, the 2004 title team, it was all, you know, uh, Chauncey and Rip. Oh, it was Allen Iverson. Right, right. It was Allen Iverson, but that, that, that was like, Allen Iverson at that, at that point was not at all comparable. But it was still a name. It was still, I, like, it was a name. Him. That, was, that was such a disaster, though, because the, they traded Chauncey, who was a, you know, fan favorite in the finals MVP from the 04 team, and immediately, like, Iverson, you know, pretended to have a back injury because they didn't want to come off the bench. Like, that, that was such a different thing. I feel like nobody that the Pistons traded in this deal is as much of a fan favorite in Detroit as Chauncey was at the time. So like, I don't think it's going to be the same thing, but like, when was the last time? I mean, you can, you can re- roughly say that Blake is, uh, in his prime right now. He's, you know, 28, 29, he's definitely like still in his prime, physically prime, his prime. whatever his injuries may be, like he's still physically in his prime. So you can, you know, when was the last time they had a guy like that, that, you know, in, in his prime is capable of being like a top 10 or top 15 level player. Was it going all the way back to Isaiah Thomas? Cause it might be that long. Because the O four um, role players who you know happened. I would up. say Ben Wallace, the year they won the title. You could make the case that he was. Uh, there was a good piece on NBA Math uh, highlighting that Ben Wallace was the most valuable player on that 2004 title team, and that Chauncey was the second most valuable. But like the defense, Ben Wallace is uh, still not a name. Blake Griffin is. That's my point. Ben Wallace is a name, though. I don't know. I feel like I I knew a lot not of people knew the, Ben Wallace. Not to, not to the degree that Blake Griffin is. In, like, no, like, probably like, not. Like, like casual fans, like he, like Ben Wallace. Like if your team signs Ben Wallace, that's not going to sell tickets or sell jerseys the way that you know getting Blake Griffin is going to just for the oh, casual no, no, fan. No. That's yeah. my that's my point. I think it might help there. What I'm more interested in, actually, like let's say the Clippers, you know, do decide, you know, they are going to dismantle this thing. They just traded Blake. They lost Chris Paul over the summer. If they trade DJ. You know, you know, then at that point, you have to think Doc is probably gone. He's going to try to get somewhere else because he left Boston in the first place because he didn't want to rebuild there and and went to the Clippers. I have to think he's not going to want to rebuild here. 
Steve Ballmer's trying to get that new arena built in uh, in L.A. Like, h- how's that going to go if they're if they're back to being basically irrelevant? I don't know, and I definitely think we're on the last year of Doc in L.A. And you know, a place where he's very familiar. He had a kid. He had his family grow up there, and he didn't make the move to Boston, I believe. And his son played, I think, high school ball there. Yeah, Orlando's going to have a job opening, and. I would not rule out Doc returning to the Magic this offseason. So is Milwaukee. Yeah. I don't I don't know if I love that fit there, but you know I don't need I can see him in Orlando though. I just I think his the next stop is in Orlando. His yeah, family's I, there and they're gonna have an opening. I think that makes sense for Doc, but if you're if you're Doc, like the whole reason he left Boston was because he didn't want to rebuild. And now if yeah. he leaves the Clippers because he doesn't want to rebuild you know, would, wouldn't the wouldn't the Bucks job be the most attractive job if you're a guy like Doc Rivers, who's you know going to be the biggest name available on the coaching market, probably? Like, when, you know, just having Giannis and having this up and coming team, isn't that kind of wouldn't that be the job you'd want? I think that's going to be a job a lot of people want. I've heard kind of some speculation that maybe Jeff Van Gundy might actually finally take another coaching job, but uh, like that that's going to be kind of an interesting dynamic. I definitely think Doc's gone, but like, are the Clippers back to being like what the Clippers were before Blake got there? No. Well, what do you mean? Like, I think they're not. I think that was dysfunction. I don't think what they're doing right now is dysfunctional. I think they're being I prudent. And I think they're. So I just think it's a different. Like they might be going back towards the bottom of the West. And, but what free uh, is going to sign with the Clippers if you don't have guys like Blake Griffin and Chris Paul already there? Hey, Jerry West is going to put his rings on the table, and we're going to see what happens. I don't know. Like I guess I, I just don't think the Clippers are going in the neg in a negative direction. I really don't. I'm not worried about them. I think they're making... I, I like what they're doing, and I like the haul they got for Blake, and I think they'll get good hauls for Lou and TJ if they decide to trade him. Oh, speaking of Jabari Parker, did you see that he's coming back on Friday? Did Is he really? Yeah, the Bucks just tweeted it. Hmm. He's playing against the well, Knicks. That should be interesting. He's playing against the Knicks on Friday. Yeah, that'll be interesting. Why isn't he doing any rehab games? I Who was it on... Was it the low post, or... I forgot who I was listening to. It was, yeah, it was, yeah, it was way forth. They were talking about how these guys should be you know, doing rehab assignments in the G League. I think, you know, San Antonio has done a good job of, like, you know, using using the G League for rehab assignments for Kawhi Leonard and for Tony Parker. I think the Bulls did it with Zach Levine when he was coming back from the ACL. I don't think they actually played in rehab assignments as games, but, the, you know, that that's kind of a thing more teams have been doing in terms of uh, getting, you know, sending more established guys down there to practice and I think that's also why a lot of these teams are having their G League affiliates so close to where they actually play and the bucks are one of them that do right yeah so yeah they just heard what are they yeah they just, they just opened a new they just had one i think this is the first year or last year was yeah that i would rather see that and i just that makes so much more sense than just throwing these guys back out there so that's cool i like jabari i hope it works out for him he seems like a dude that's really worked on his game is trying to make the adjustments and he shot the ball well from three which was like the biggest sticking point for whether or not he was going to ever really stick in the nba but yeah i i it's gonna be cool to see him back um some other i this is i guess not as fun but kind of more morose is boogie cousins obviously yeah a horrible achilles injury and andre roberson like these two injuries just the description of what happened to roberson and cousins is just brutal like roberson didn't he like tear his patella tendon or something like yeah it's just like it ripped off like that just sounds excruciating 
Yeah, it's that that's not good. And that that sucks for him for them too because he's you know he was the guy. I mean, as much as you know his his offensive limitations, he was a huge part of what they were doing defensively, and that was one area where they were successful even when you know early on in the season when they were kind of trying to find themselves. I don't know what they're going to do now because there's really not a wing out there on the market that they're going to be able to. You know, I had kind of thought, you know, before this trade happened today, obviously, I kind of thought Avery Bradley might be a guy they would look at just because, you know, he can be a good defender. But, you know, obviously, that's probably out now that he's was in this Blake Griffin trade. But, you know, you look yeah. at these other options that are out there, like, is Marco Bellinelli, like, the best thing they're going to be able to get? Because, like, there really isn't a lot. I mean, there's a lot of guards out there that you can get. There's a lot of wings out there that you can get. Or, or there's a lot of bigs out there you can get. There's not a lot of wings out there that are going to be the kind of impact guys that they would have to get to replace what Robertson is giving them. Well, and a lot of the issue too, is that Robertson was included in a lot of these hypotheticals because he is, I think making the fifth most amount of money on the yeah. team right now, but you can't move any of their other top guys. Like Adams making 22, Carmelo's making 26, Paul George making 19. Like everybody else isn't making much money. So whoever you're targeting has to be making just peanuts because the next closest is Alex Abrinas at 5 million. Like, it's just they don't have a lot of options behind them, and everything seems like it's going to be attached to like either Jeremy Grant or Terrence Ferguson and Kyle Singler, who's just not even playing. So I just I don't know what they can really get. Like you said, like Marco Bellinelli might be the best thing they can get, and a lot of it is just they're so just taxed out right now anyway that I just I don't really know who's available. Like it has to be a buyout situation almost. I think for them. Yeah, I know. Oh, did you see what Mark Stein just tweeted? No. Uh, the Clippers clearly believe they can make it onto LeBron James' free agent shortlist come July, and according to league sources, will indeed move DeAndre Jordan and Lou Williams before the February 8th deadline if they can find workable deals to help them in that quest. Well, okay. All right. They're listening to the that's podcast. The, they that's like the what plan. I'm saying. They're, 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 right. They've tapped both of our Skype lines. This is cool. All right. Well, shout they, out to Jerry West. And they all clearly, the they clearly. I mean, I think, I think that's clearly what it is. They were just happened to be listening in on our Skype, and they were like, "Hey, you know what? Going after LeBron James? Yeah, hadn't thought of that. That, that, that might be something we should it's look at." Not a bad idea. It's not a. Bad he's all idea. right. I've heard he's. He's yeah. all right. <laughs> he might be okay. Um. Well, that's cool. So, Lou will. I think. Who would you? Well, that, those are. Nah, that's that's too complicated of a question. But, Lou, I like a. I, we just moved on, but now you got me back into this. Um, Lou, I don't think can get to Oklahoma City, even though that would be a cool like final piece just to like throw. I want to see a five man unit that ends a playoff game with Lou Williams, Russell Westbrook, <laughs> Carmelo Anthony, Paul George, and Steven Adams. That would just be crazy. But it's so crazy that I would very much enjoy it. But uh, yeah, that's not going to help him defensively. I can tell you that. No. But they're not bad defensively. Like defensively is not their issue. I think they're what? Are they still top five in defensive efficiency, or did they fall out? I think they're still up there. But you know, but 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 what Roberson was giving them, like that that kind of, and besides Paul George, obviously Paul George is like a defensive player of the year candidate this year. But you you can't yeah. discount what what Roberson was giving them on that. And there's a reason that he was such an important part of their rotation. Besides, despite being basically unplayable on offense, that's how good he is on defense. So that's going to be tough to replace. Yeah, I mean, he was uh, he had an O rating of 114 and a D rating of 105. Uh, I'm talking about Robertson. And he, my favorite thing about him, though, I think is that his usage percentage is even dipped even lower this year with a bigger role, like playing more minutes at uh, 8.7 on this team. It's just, I, I love that he is just such a non-factor 
and on one side of the floor and just shooting 30, I think he's what, 30% from the free throw line this year? I want to say. He's 31.6. It's so weird someone who shoots 31.6 from th- the free throw line, 22% from three is such a valuable piece on a pseudo contender. I, I very much appreciate Andre Robertson's weirdness. Yeah, it it really is. Now, uh, but like, so what are the so who else are, who's out there that they can get? Do you think? Well, I think, like I said, it just I want to see who gets bought out because you think about like, okay, Charlotte's clearly in a seller's market still, like they're, but all their guys they want to move have a lot of salary attached to them. Like Jeremy Lamb, who's had history in OKC, he's making seven million, so maybe Jeremy Lamb's the target. Is someone like that? Um, Batum's obviously too much, too expensive for them to bring in. Jeremy Lamb Even played though, for the Thunder before too. Yeah, yeah. So he's someone that I think would make sense. Uh, for MKG is probably too expensive, even though I know that's a contract that the Hornets would probably like to get off of. Yeah, I don't, I don't know. Baseball would actually be really fun with them, but I don't think that's a possibility. That's either. too much money. Yeah, I don't like a lot of these guys. I just Courtney Lee. Yeah, you know that actually makes sense because I'm sure I'm sure the Knicks would probably like to get off of that money long term. They're trying. I know they're trying to get off Joe, obviously, which is a totally different discussion. But like they could do O'Quinn and Courtney Lee because I think O'Quinn would kind of give them something that they lost with Canner, and you know I think they want to move on from both of them. So you could maybe get if you're the Knicks like a Brinus and Peepat. I'd be cool. With sure. That, yeah. No, it really I, hasn't worked out for them. And maybe get sending him to New York would be better anyway. Yeah. No, I think that makes some sense. That'd be interesting. I don't really know of anyone else that really stands sure. out, but then the Knicks run into the problem of KP apparently told them they want to go for the playoffs this year, that he wants them to go for the playoffs. So if they trade Courtney Lee, that's definitely sounding the alarm that they're uh, not trying to nab the eight seed when they're very much in the race right now. So that's a tricky situation after the summer they had with, Przingis and skipping the exit meetings and everything else that they're going to be trying to make sure that he is as happy as possible. So I don't know. They may not trade Cornelia because they, because uh, Porzingis wants him to make the playoffs so bad. I, I don't know. Rodney hood. Maybe that's the other sure, one. Sure. I mean, that's the, that... the great trade, but Hey, I'd like him in. Okay. See, I think he'd be a good fit there. It's possible, yeah. I mean, that's. I mean, he's he's kind of become the guy that, like, you know, any any time a team needs. It, it, it's just like how you know. Remember, uh, what three, uh, three or uh, you know, not more than three years, like like six years ago. Anytime a team needs a point guard, oh, this team should go after Ramon Sessions. Remember when he was with like the Bucks. Oh, I was never that because I thought Ramon Sessions was bad at basketball. Well, right, like, I know, I years. know. Well, right, I know. But remember that whole thing. Yes. It's one of the most baffling things that Ramon Sessions keeps getting jobs. I yeah. remember who was it? Oh, I'm, he's the Charlotte, Charlotte now, That's right? What, well, is he? Maybe I don't know. I remember he was in Charlotte last year, and just the audacity. Oh no, he's with the Knicks the now. Charlotte front. Oh my god, I don't know. If the, okay, <laughs> sure. Um, and he got uh, Jarrett Jack, who's coming off. Who didn't? Jared Jack tears Achilles before he came back this year, or did he tear his ACL? ACL. It was, one of the it was ACL. Okay. Yeah, but he when Jared Jack laps you in the rotation, it's time to call it a career. But I just remember the audacity of the Hornets and me being just furious that they elected to not re-sign Jeremy Lin and thought they'd get the same kind of production from Ramon Sessions <laughs> the following year. It was just it it was it was crushing to me because I love that Kimba Jeremy Lin Hornets year. They were so good together, and I wanted to keep them together, but it was not meant to be. It's, you know who, if his money, if his contract was just not as 
atrocious as it is right now, who would be a good sneaky pick for the Thunder and a guy who plays really well off the ball? George Hill. Ooh. They could screw over the Cavs once again and acquire George Hill. That would be funny, but they can't do it. He's making $20 million this year. Yeah, that's just... uh... The Kings are paying George Hill and Zach Randolph $32 million this year. I never understood what that... I mean, I guess they just felt like they had money and they had to spend it on somebody. But, like, clearly, like, and I guess if you're George Hill, like, you know, you maybe thought Minnesota would, you know, maybe come through with an offer or you thought you maybe were going to stay in Utah. And then after that, you might as well just take whatever offer. What Like, like, what did either side hope to accomplish with that? I I think they just wanted veteran presence. Yeah. That stability of just getting guys that are pros and can help these young guys. But... No, it's not gone well. I think they're 30th in both offensive and defensive efficiency right now. I'm pretty certain. Yeah, I... Oh, I know who the other one is, but he'd probably have to get bought out. Westy Matthews. I don't think Dallas is going to do that. I think they like what he brings in the locker room too much. Yeah, so they're basically out of options. So I don't know what else they can really do there. Yeah. But we'll see. We will see with this team. I... (laughs) It's going to be a fun trade deadline because if that's this is any indication, Stein basically confirming that the Clippers are trading everybody. It's it's going to get fun, and I think more teams are going to respond and do some more weird stuff. I think um, the other thing though with the Pelicans, we we've talked a lot about the Thunder losing Robertson. I think the Pelicans, like I, I don't remember who tweeted this first, but just saying that like they're doubling down on making the playoffs. So it's like they're going to try and get some help for anthony davis but it's like you look at that cap sheet like when you think the king's cap sheet looks absurd the pelicans is just a nightmare they've just got so many because what because like a chic a jinsa solomon hill like just all of these by the way solomon hill and ajinka are both gone they yeah they're not hasn't played this (laughs) year and ajinka like who are they trading like they when i saw the report i was like who are they right like holiday can't get moved she just started playing again recently and he's not an nba player anymore like i don't know like that like andrew bogut is gonna be Antoine Moore. right they need him right that's so i don't know what they move i don't know like maybe andrew bogut they look at on the buyout market oh no you know no 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 i've got i i know what they're gonna try to do and it's not gonna work that is going to be where Joakim Noah goes when he gets bought out from the Knicks. Oh, they're gonna. That's going to be what they talk themselves into, and it's not going to end well. Oh my God, I do love the idea, like Demarcus Cousins, Omar Ashik, and uh, is it Ashik or Asik? I've never. I think it's Ashik. Clear. Okay. Um. Wow. What a cap sheet. What a team. Yeah. I just. I don't know what they do. Like I would you double down and add someone because anthony davis clearly doesn't want to play center ever and it just andrew andrew bogut fire like, if they don't make the playoffs like andrew bogut i don't think he's good I, anymore but i really don't know what they do i guess you call atlanta and see what Dwayne deadman would cost because yeah is making this year he's not very much to make like six million yeah that's probably the move robin right? lopez there's he'll he'd be available he'll be available I know the Bulls want to trade, take, but I think Deadman's been better than Robin Lopez this year. That's yeah, it's fine. They're both, you know, doing what Deadman shoots threes, man. Yeah. Deadman can hit threes. It's the weirdest thing, but I love Dwayne Deadman. Yeah, I no, I could for Dwayne Deadman. I could. I mean, I could I could see that. I know. I know. The, I think it would work. I know the Bulls want to move Lopez. The Bulls probably. Yeah, the Bulls are. They're another interesting deadline team because they have Robin Lopez. Miritich obviously is 
I guess, would he be the next one to a big move? Because he was linked to Detroit as the stretch four, and I think he makes more sense for Detroit from a just a play style perspective. But I don't know where he goes now. Where does Miritich go? You're very familiar with the Bulls. Where do you think he goes? I mean, I think the Utah stuff makes sense. That you know those. Why those though? Utah is not going to make the playoffs. What are they doing? They're like six games under five hundred right now. I think Portland makes some sense. I don't know what the deal would look like, but I like Portland. I think I think that makes some sense. Maybe they give up like Mo Harkless and a first rounder because they have a couple of picks coming up that they could give up like Myers Leonard maybe instead of hey Myers. hey hey that's a, that's a that would be a very Bulls move because he's you know he's a local guy he's he went to school at Illinois like they could yeah. They could they could do that. And it's like they better get a pretty good pick if they're going to take back Myers Leonard's contract, though, because like Harkless is actually like a, a good wing who's a, who's a productive player like I, that would be a little bit more palatable to me. But uh, it's that's that's going to be a whole interesting thing, because I do know that the Bulls uh, are not looking at this recent run of sort of success and saying, hey, let's try to make the playoffs. Now, I know they very much are focused still on, you know, they need to get a top three or four pick in this upcoming draft to, to keep the rebuild going. Like they've seen, you know what they have, like obviously marketing is really good. Uh, Chris Dunn has been pretty solid. You know, he's got this concussion now, but he's actually been pretty solid for them. Uh, Levine just came back. He looks all right. He's had a struggle. He's had struggles the last couple of games, but he looks all right. Like I think they know they need one more, you know, stud prospect to really move this rebuild along. So I do think they're going to be sellers at the deadline. Well, they have Dwayne David Naba. So yeah. How about that? Favorite. <laughs> he's so good the, the the lakers waived him so that they could sign contavious caldwell pope as a favor to rich paul to try to get in good with lebron's people so they I, hopefully they actually get lebron if that's if since that's kind of what they did with that yeah the bulls are suddenly really interesting and i i think i this might be a hot take but i would probably sell high on cameron Payne if i can i mean not cameron Payne. um chris dunn Ooh. Uh, i don't think I they're just, going to because I don't think, what is his upside? Like, I think about this a lot with the Hawks, with Dennis Schroeder, where it's like, there's no scenario where he gets into the top 20 in point guards in the NBA, ever. And ever since Nate Duncan compared him to Brandon Knight, I've been done. I can't get it out of my mind, and it's a great comparison, and I just, I can't get past it. And from that perspective, it's like, okay, well, then you might as well move on, because you don't want to pay this guy a lot of money. And it's just like, Chris Dunn's played a lot better, and he works really well, but I don't know if he's like the perfect fit in... um hoiberg system but he's a great defender but he's still not shooting well he's still just i don't know i don't know if chris dunn is someone i would want to lock up as my point guard feature in today's nba is what i guess i'm getting at well there's what his his ceiling is and there's what the bulls think his ceiling is i know the bulls have been high on him since before the draft they uh they almost traded jimmy to the celtics for the fifth uh, for the third pick, the year the Celtics took Jalen Brown. Yeah, yeah, yeah. The deal was going to be the third pick and like Jay Crowder and Avery Bradley, and they were going to take Chris Dunn with the pick. Mm-hmm. Like, I know they've been high on him for, for that. So you think he's part of their long-term plans? Absolutely. Hmm. Interesting. And also, so there are only two guys that are really a part of their... Of, you know, a guy that they got back in the Jimmy Butler trade, turning around and trading him. Like, I, I th- the optics of that, I don't, th- I don't think they're ready to do that. Interesting. That's interesting. Paul Zipser, though, my dude has fallen out of the favor. It's been a bad year. I don't. Zipser. I don't want to talk about it. I was. I was the. I was driving the Zipser bandwagon last year. I was too. Like he was so good in the playoffs last was. year. It was He's money. My my guy Felicio also completely fallen off the map. It's very sad. I hope they figure it out because I I I loved Zipser mania last year. It was fun. They're just sad. I'm gone. <laughs> that's the that's the key. We need to get you back on the Bulls beat um are they still number one in attendance i think they are 
Why were they so worried about tanking? This team was always going to attract. I don't the understand thing is that. The, but the thing is, the the uh, I think the Bulls fans are on board with the tank because they know yeah. that uh, because it's better than you know what have they been the last ever since Derrick Rose tore the ACL? They've been a middling playoff team that hasn't uh, you know been a been a serious contender, but hasn't been bad enough to get a you know good young prospect. You know, as as much as you know the Jimmy Butler trade, it seemed like they got fleeced at the time. Like that trade looks pretty good right now in terms of what they got back, and now you know. Bulls fans are excited about Markkanen. They're excited about Levine. You know, once they get, you know, Luka Doncic or DeAndre Ayton or Marvin Bagley or whoever they get in the draft, like, they're going to be excited about that. Like, like it's a new direction. I think I think the Bulls fans, like, Bulls fans are smart. I think they kind of know as much yeah. as the team is going to suck now. Like, they kind of, I think they get what's going on. They're number two in attendance. Yeah, how about that? It turns out that they Who's were going to come anyway. State? Oh, wait, say that again? Who's number one, Golden State? Uh, I don't know. I just pulled up Chicago's individually. I'm sure it's probably if the Bulls aren't one, it's got to be Golden State. I would assume, but um, I can look this up real quick. It'd be funny if it was still. I think the Clippers have terrible attendance, which is kind of surprising. Still, eh, it's not that surprising. Uh, no, Golden State's fourth. So now, wait, who is number one? Then? It's got to be Boston then, or the or Lakers. Mm, Lakers still number one would be fun. Let's see. This is good podcasting right here. Nope, Boston's fifth. I have no idea. Okay, this is well, the whole why thing. Why are you now. looking up them individually? Why can't you, you you can't just pull up the whole list like as on one sheet? It's probably not great. I just look up the Knicks. The Knicks are six. I was just like I'm on basketball reference, so I had it's all these something different totally things. random like uh like Indiana or something. There's no way it's Indiana. <laughs> I've watched Indiana games on League Pass and those those are not full arenas. I love Victor Oladipo, but that is Portland's probably um, up. Wait, is that again? Portland's probably up there. Portland's always, yeah, Portland's. Uh, the Cavs. Okay, yeah, that makes sense. Hmm. Okay, the Cavs, even at this point. Maybe they're all embracing the last year of LeBron before he's a Clipper. Oh, yeah, no, maybe. This is weird. So on MB- on ESPN, they have him as number... Oh, that, that is bizarre. So basketball... This is the most I guess they... podcasting. Shout, shout out to anybody <laughs> who's actually this and has made it this far and is just listening to us google like <laughs> <laughs> they know what they were getting into uh when they tuned in so uh yeah that's that was that's the end of our segment called chase and sean google nba attendance figures it's uh it's one of our top segments sponsors Spon- yeah. want to come through we'll find a sponsor give us money for that segment <laughs> kia if you're looking for a new sponsor with blake griffin going to the detroit pistons um, the Chase Thomas podcast is is here for you. You know, you know, we're buying buying tickets for sports and concerts. Uh, you know, we're looking at attendance. If you want to be, if you want to do something about your favorite team's attendance and want to buy tickets, you should go to SeatGeek. That that was very good, Sean. Um, that was that was a good one. I'm a professional. Good ad read for an ad that we do not have on this podcast. I did um, hosted Locked On Bulls. That's right. That's right. Uh, last thing before we need to go, Dwayne Casey wants to make the number one seed. And I think there's a real shot. DeRozan's playing at another level this year, which is really cool to see. I love Kyle Lowry for you. If the Raptors get the one seed, does that change anything for you in terms of whether or not they have a realistic shot at making the finals? No, no, I need to see them actually, (laughs) you know, 
I need to see them beat Cleveland before I actually, you know, it's 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 the same basically. It's basically the same team as they've had the last couple of years, and I, mean, I know they're playing different a different style this year than Lowry and DeRozan are playing great and all and all that's like I get like, I get that. Like on paper, it looks great, but I still. I've, we, we've been burned by them too many times in terms of thinking, oh, they're so good in the regular season that it's going to translate over to the playoffs, and then it doesn't. I need to see it happen. Like I'm not saying I don't think it can happen, but I want to see it happen before I'm going to sit here in January and say I think it's going to happen. Kyle Lowry's playoff performances the last couple of years have really hurt me. That's the thing. That's the thing. Like we can look at we can look here in January and say, oh, these guys look legit. They look like title contenders, and then you know in the playoffs they just haven't been able to replicate that, and you know. I want to see them actually do it before I start to buy in. We've been burned by it too many times. Get Marcus All in Toronto. I'd be into that. It's what I want. I want Marcus All out of Memphis. He doesn't need to be there for the rebuild. Conley's gone for the rest of the year. Send him to Toronto. I want it to new style of basketball. They pass a lot more now. Marcus All would love this offense a lot more. I don't know what the ceiling is in the East with the Marcus All, Kyle Lowry, DeRozan team, but I think it's pretty good. I think it would give most teams in the East trouble right now. I think it'd be huge pain. And, you know, who knows? It'd be interesting. All right. I'm, I want to believe. I want to believe Kyle Lowry gets over the hump. But we'll see what happens. Um, man, nothing broke, I think, while we were... No, we did it. It was like a whole hour. That's good. All right. Well, I appreciate the NBA GMs that are listening to this podcast not closing any deals while you're recording. That was very nice of them. But as we get off, I'm sure something will break. Lou Williams will be a Washington Wizard again or something. We'll have to see. Um, but Sean, thank you so much for taking the time. It's always fun talking NBA with you. Yeah, it's always good to talk to you, Chase. All right. Well, we can find you on Twitter at Hiken and we can read you. Uh, I read your piece on DeMarcus Cousins injury that uh, you can find on Bleacher Report and the Pelicans future. Is there anything else that you need to plug before we get out of here? No, I mean, I'm just kind of here and there. I've, I, you know, I've done some stuff for Bleacher Report, done some stuff for Sporting News recently. Uh, I'm hopeful that I'll have something bigger to announce soon, but that's uh, all I can really say about that right now. So just, you know, follow me on Twitter. Anytime I write something, I'll plug it. All right. Well, sounds good. Do that. And uh, we will have to do this again soon, man. Yeah, absolutely. Thanks, Sean. Yeah. And that'll do it for today's episode of the Chase Thomas podcast. I uh, just want to remind you guys, if you like today's episode and you are subscribed on Apple podcast or iTunes, I would really appreciate if you could take a second, leave the show a five-star rating and a review. If uh, you're not an Apple podcast listener, remember you can find the show on Spotify, TuneIn Radio, SoundCloud, Stitcher, Google Play or wherever else you get your podcasts. Uh, be sure to check out chasethomaspodcast.com where you can access all of my previous episodes and also find all my writing. I'm writing there fairly often. And also follow me on Twitter at chase underscore Thomas and like the Facebook page at facebook.com slash chase Thomas writer. Uh, thank you for your support and we'll be back with another episode very soon. Thanks guys.